20, 23 and Me. How many of you guys have ever heard of 23 and Me? Anybody heard of that, that company before, that group? Yeah. So just, just, I'll just read quickly just a little synopsis of what 23andMe is for you if you are unfamiliar with it. Uh, 23andMe offers two personal genetic services. Um, one is health and, uh, and ancestry, and then ancestry and traits. And so both services require submitting like a saliva sample using their saliva collection kit that they will send to, that you will actually send to their lab for analysis. So they take it. And they provide insights on your health, um, pre, uh, presuppositions to carrier status, to your traits, wellness, and ancestry. So they analyze and compile and distill all the information extracted from your DNA into 150 plus reports that you can access online and share with your family and friends. Their ancestry and traits services actually helps you understand who you are, where your DNA comes from, and your family story. So they go through the history of your family within just a nice little swap there. Uh, they analyze and compile and distill the DNA information to reports on your ancestry composition. The ancestry detail reports uh, the maternal and paternal groups, uh, the Neanderthal ancestry, and provide a DNA relatives tool to enable you to connect with relatives who share similar DNA. Really interesting, really interesting. So you can take, you can take some of this information and find out a lot about your health a lot about things that are going on inside your body, reasons why you may be experiencing certain things, and then uh, just your ancestry, your family history, your background. And so I thought this was a really interesting kind of play on of words of 23andMe and 2023andMe. So this is, uh, this is something that we're going to take uh, almost like this report that 23andMe does, to where they just take a little, a little moment of saliva, <coughs> They prepare it, and then they give you a lot of things to report from. And so in this start of the year, very interestingly, that we get to start it on a Sunday with one another, that we get to be here, and we get to reflect on some things. There are three different things that I'm going to um, challenge you guys with by the end of this message to take with you from this point forward into 2023 as we get started. Uh, what I'd like to do first is I'd like to start with Scripture. Everybody cool with that? Yeah. Sweet. So we're going to be in the book of Galatians. Book of Galatians, we're going to be in chapter 1, verse 11 is where we're starting, and we're going to finish out the chapter. So he says this. Uh, this is Paul speaking to uh, the churches in Galatia. He said, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Now let me take a pause real quick for a second just to clarify some things. Um, he is not saying that he has not learned from people and that he has not developed um, good sound doctrine from studying underneath people and from going through scripture and all these things. He's not saying that I only read by myself and I don't do anything else. He is saying that the light of salvation, that Christ Jesus has made himself known to Paul that caused him to submit himself fully in salvation. Does that make sense? That, that it's only through the the awakening of the Holy Spirit in one's life that you are able to fully become aware of your sins and need for a Savior and for salvation. This is what he is referring to. And so if you know anything about the background of Paul, he was a very, very uh, a, a brilliant individual. He was very well studied in the scriptures. He knew the word very, very well. Um, and he's going to go through a little bit of his testimony here in a second. But just remember that, that this is not just, I'm going to lock myself in a closet and only feel like I'm the only person that could ever receive a revelation from Scripture and nobody else can ever do anything like that. 
That is not what he was saying. <laughs> so just, just to clarify that. So again, I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Verse 13. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with, with Kephas, with Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I'm writing you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and uh, Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. <coughs> this is so good. There's so many good things here that, uh, that I would love to unpack. Let's, let's, start, um, let's start a little bit further ahead. Let's go back to verse 13, if you would, Mr. Terry. You can circle back that way. He said, for you heard of my previous ways of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. <clears throat> the adequate response of a quickening and awakening to the Holy Spirit's voice and awareness of God should not be that I need to return to a person. It needs to be that I need to go strictly and directly to God. That needs to be the first place that you go to. Because it is not man who gives you the opportunity to receive salvation. It is only God. He says so in this, I love that he breaks this down. If you go further up in this, in this chapter, I didn't want to go through and break down the entire chapter today because that's, that's not the intent of this, this message. But earlier in the chapter, he mentions that, that he was, he's saddened that a lot of these people from this church are, from these churches are walking away from the true gospel and are being deceived. <clears throat> we see this written throughout much of the New Testament where a lot of the people who write these letters to the churches are saddened at the, at the ease of deceit that's happening within the church, that people are easily drawn away from the true gospel. And Paul really unpacks this, and he gives, he gives a report of his testimony. You guys remember who I was before I knew Jesus. You guys remember the things I was zealous for. How many of you guys remember the things that you were zealous for before you knew Jesus? The traditions that you had for yourself. It may not have been, a, some of you guys may have felt like you came from a very religious background. Some of you guys came from very religious families, and that was something that they had to be broken away from um, in your ideology. Some of you guys were very zealous for sin. 
you were very zealous for living a life that pleased yourself and one that, that sought after your flesh. Some of you guys were, were kind of in a limbo state. You're just kind of, we're in a place where you were just more zealous just to have fun. And whatever that definition of fun was, it just didn't include Jesus. Whatever your story is, you, you each have a specific testimony that the Lord has given you based on your own personal history. So you remember those things that you were once excited for, that you once were passionate about, that now, by the grace of God, again, he says here, <coughs> he says, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me that I might preach, among, pre- preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. It's God who sets you apart. He is the one who sets you apart. You did not create a scenario for yourself in which you were safe. The Holy Spirit draws men to repentance. And so in those moments, you can celebrate the grace that God had, the grace that God has for you, the grace that God has for those who are around you. This is why you, you don't have to be extremely frustrated whenever you're around people in your workplace or maybe even your families who don't know Jesus and maybe they're not responding specifically to your um, to your desires or maybe your, your verbiage of wanting them to come to know Jesus. Because it is not you who saves them. It's not you who provides that. You are an ambassador of the kingdom, but it is up to them and the Holy Spirit's drawing for them to receive that gift. It's an interesting, interesting line that you can tote, and I'm not here to get into a a deep theological debate over predestination or anything like that, but it's interesting to see how how someone who, at, for the longest time, they could be resistant to the Lord's calling or resistant to your your words of persuasion, trying to get them to understand that Jesus loves them with everything, and then in a moment's time, it's like a light switch goes off, and they're just all in for it, and they're just ready for it. We have to trust the Lord's timing and what, what he's doing in someone's life and how he's prepping pricking someone's heart to respond to him and it's our responsibility to live a life that reflects the kingdom (coughs) and so so paul was talking hey you guys remember how intensely how adamantly i was after these traditions of judaism these these traditions that i once held so tightly and try to destroy the church of god he was even advanced far beyond the years of those who were his age climbing the ladder as he was impressing those who he was around. But when Jesus, by God's grace, came and, and was illuminated in his heart, then he was able to respond in a way. And then when that happened, he didn't turn to a person to receive what he needed. He turned to, to God in those moments. And then after consulting with the Holy Spirit, after getting right with, with the Lord, then he went to people who he could trust and, and learn and grow. There's actually a, a, a span of time that's believed that he ha- he spent about three years before he, uh, I mean, he says over here, then after three years, hey, verse 18, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him for 15 days. <coughs> he spent three years trying to reconcile with what was going on inside of his heart. This isn't necessarily a, uh, a blueprint for how you're supposed to react before you walk into ministry, but this is a very, very interesting uh, turn of events in, in kind of his landmark moments of what happened in his life as he dealt with things in his heart, as he dealt with things and then consulted with people who were, who were very knowledgeable. 
And then he goes through, and I, this, is, this is so, so important. This is where I want to kind of land for a little bit. In verse 22, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. Verse 23, this is like the, the massive piece right here. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And verse 24, beautiful. They praise God because of me. He didn't have to convince them with, with his words in a petition to move to those locations and say, look at me, this is who I am now, look, I'm changed, this is, you know, you have to see all the things, <coughs> ask me questions, I'll answer them, like, it, he didn't have to convince anybody from that place, he didn't have to sit there and justify himself in front of a group of people to show that he's changed. They heard a report, they heard a report of this man who used to be just crazy bonkers after them, he is now preaching the same message that they were. And the response that they had at the end of this chapter is something I think we need to reflect on, is that when people see the testimony that we have in our lives, they should praise God because of you. They should praise God because of what you've gone through. They should praise God by the testimony that you carry. It should not be you that's placed on a pedestal. And I think sometimes we end up in a, in a place when we share testimonies that, that we end up being the one that stands at the top and, and becomes the kind of the benchmark or you become the um, uh, almost like an idol in someone's eyes as the as the peak of what they could also go into. But true, true, a true sharing of a testimony is one that constantly leads and draws someone to the heart of God. It always leads them to God. It should not lead them to yourself. And this is something we need to be be quick to remember in 2023 there's three there's three different r words that i want to i want to kind of go through this morning and i want you guys to take away with you um and move into it throughout the year if you can uh the first one is reveal the second one is reflect and the third one is react reveal reflect and react so think of these three words first from 2022 What were some learning opportunities that you had from 2022? You like that phrasing, don't you? Learning opportunities. What were some learning opportunities you had from 2022? Some learning opportunities that you had in your job, in the public eye, with your friends, with your family, personally. What, what did these things reveal about yourself? What did these, these struggles or maybe these, these turning points, maybe these, these little moments, what did that reveal about your heart? What did that reveal about your mentality? Maybe some things that you, that got unearthed in the midst of that that you weren't expecting to be there, either still or just there at all. What did that, what did that reveal? And now let's reflect, let's reflect on each and every one of those learning opportunities. Now that that was revealed, you could see, okay, these were the things that need some help. These were the things that, that really, I really struggled with. These were the things that I, I'm continuing to, to war with. All, all these things, what are, those, what are those things revealed? Now let's reflect on what the Lord can do in the midst of that. What does scripture say about each and every one of those learning opportunities? 
have you identified scripture that can actually combat that mentality or those things? And, and what does scripture actually say who you are in the midst of those things? And then now how are we going to react to those things, those learning opportunities? With your job, could it be with the, uh, the professional relationships that you have? Is there strife in the midst of, of the workforce? Um, could it be uh, the work ethic that you have? The, the thought process you have around the work that you do? Um, could it be your career path in itself? Maybe you've been contemplating and thinking of changes. Maybe you did make a change. Uh, maybe you, you're at a different job. Maybe you're at a different location. And, and now you're having to, to learn these different things. And now you're dealing with certain maybe inconsistencies that you hadn't noticed before. But now that you're at a new place, there are certain expectations being placed on you that you haven't been comfortable with before. Could it be personal development or professional development? Is this something that maybe you want to, you feel like you're being called into more and that the Lord wants to promote you, but in order to, to walk into that promotion, you also have to be, uh, be diligent in doing what you need to to learn and to, to grow in that position, in that place, so that you can be a person of influence in your, in your, uh, in your area. Could this be just in the, in the public, just in the eyes of the public when you're around people? The way that you, you act when you're in your car towards people. Have you sensed uh, an increasing road rage within you? <laughs> uh, when you're at the checkout line, do you find yourself more agitated whenever you're dealing with people around there? When you go to Walmart and you're trying to grab something from the produce section, are you just more agitated at the person who's just taking their time a little bit longer than you would have normally liked to because you're trying to get out of there? What are the, what are the things in the public eye as you're, as you're in public? What are those things being revealed in your heart about your character, about the nature that you live in? What about your friends? Do you actually have true connection with friends? Are you being challenged and uplifted by those who, who you find to be your comrades in life? Are you being pushed and you being, being uh, challenged to, to be more within that friend group? Are you guys actually going after the more of what, what God has for you? Or are you just kind of doing the same old, same old? Are some of these people actually pulling you away from, from pleasing the Lord and they're not, uh, they're not pushing you to desire more of Jesus? Are you making time for people to be able to speak into your life or are you just so busy that you can't do anything? Are you dealing well with conflict in those friendships? Or are you just looking for people who are just easily conformable? Or are you the one who is easily conforming to all things? Can you deal with conflict? What about in your family? Rinse and repeat that from the friend group, huh? How are your relationships developed with them? Uh, do you have any forgiveness you need, to, you need to offer somebody? Are you dealing with some unforgiveness from some past hurts? I mean, we just went through some pr a pretty thick, uh, a pretty thick holiday season, going from Thanksgiving to Christmas and now New Year's. All these things, bam, 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 bam. Lots of time off. Lots of time with family members. Lots of time reflecting over things. You can have certain things from the past brought up. Are there some hurts that you're still dealing with that you haven't that you haven't quite taken the time to walk through with the Holy Spirit to find healing and restoration in the midst of that? Were there some wounds that were, that were inflicted in 2022? Or are you still dealing with the same hurt that you've had for years upon years upon years, hoping that the Band-Aid that you keep on reapplying just covers it up a little bit? 
are being challenged in your marriage or in your, in your, in your close relationships that you have? Are you being pushed and, 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 and drawn out to be more than who you feel like you can always be? Because let me tell you this, who you feel like you, like you can be is probably lower than the bar than you can actually be. And people who are around you need to be the ones who call those things out and call you to a higher standard. Because let me tell you what, as a human, it's very easy to want to take the easy way out and to take the lazy road. What are some things that you need, need to do to develop personally? Is it your health? Is it growing maybe, maybe mentally? Maybe you're, maybe you're wanting to, to, to dive into more material. Maybe you're wanting to study a little bit more. Maybe you feel like you've been lacking in the department of knowledge of scripture. And so you're like, I need to study the Bible more. I need to get in the word. Maybe it's, maybe it's prayer. Maybe you feel like you just haven't prayed very well. And that's something you need to get into a little bit more. Maybe it's journaling. You feel like you, you need to start writing down some ideas and some things that you're dealing with so you can reflect back on those things and you can grow in what God is calling you into. With each of these learning opportunities that you can, that you know that as you pray and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal those things from 2022. And go through each of those categories. As they come up, Lord, what are some things in my, in my workplace environment that, that need to be revealed that I haven't been paying attention to? Bam. Reveal it. Now, let's reflect. Lord, what do you say about that thing? What do you say about what's going on in my life here? Okay, now what actions do I need? What reaction do I need to have to this, this exposure to whatever it is that's going on? Each and every category. Friendships, relationships. Write these things down. Because it's one thing to just, just have that moment in prayer and then completely forget about those things because you, you have assignments now from the Holy Spirit. This is how you need to react to knowing this information now. So how are you going to respond to that? How are you going to, to walk out those things? What's going to draw you in closer? Do you need to spend more time confessing to the Lord things that are going on in your life? Now I want you to think about the things in 2023. We don't want to just look at learning opportunities. We want to look at, at Holy Spirit expectation now. And this year, for this year, 2023, now that I know my history, now that I'm going back and seeing the things that, that have been revealed, now let's look at the healthy process. Just like 23andMe, you can see your ancestry, but now let's also look and see what the health, uh, health process needs to do so that I can, I can be healthy and I can walk out in health. Let's look at 2023. Lord, what do you expect out of me? What are you going to do in me through my job? What are some things you, be, you want me to be paying attention to and looking forward to? Is it that you would like to, to receive a promotion? Is it that you would like to do uh, something different, maybe have a different career change? Maybe it's you, you want to go back to school, but you feel inadequate and like you can't do it. What are the things that, have been, that are placed on your heart for furthering the things that God is wanting to do in you, through you, to impact people for this area as well. When those things are revealed, now, let's go through the process of reflecting. Reflect on those things. Is this truly what I feel like God is pushing me towards? Something that's also beneficial in the midst of that is talk to people who you're close to and who you feel like the Lord speaks to. Show them this list. Hey, this is what I feel like God is showing me. How does this make you feel whenever you read through these things about me? And then now that you read through that, keep me accountable. 
check in on me and see if I'm actually walking out these things that the Holy Spirit's revealing in me. Because obedience is extremely important. It's not, it's not enough for us to just hear from the Lord. We have to walk out in obedience, these things that he's calling us to. And so, so having uh, the, the, the benefit of having a body of Christ and having a group of, a community of believers together is that we can encourage one another, we can push one another to continue to walk out in obedience to things that God is calling us as a body to and us individually as. So what, what are you asking of me, Lord, in my job? What are you asking of me in, in the public arena? Whenever I walk into Walmart, do you actually have a word for somebody that you would like for me to practice hearing your voice and walking out? Delivering this to people. When I'm at the gas pumps, am I paying attention to your, to your voice so I can then speak to someone or maybe witness to someone? Am I co-laboring with Jesus in the public sphere? With my friends, Lord, are, are there friendships that I need, to, I need to invest into more? Are there friendships that maybe I need to reevaluate and, and see if this is something that, that actually is bringing me away from seeking after your face? That doesn't mean you have to go up and be like, I can't be your friend anymore, Jesus told me. <laughs> Not saying to do that. What I'm saying is that as your heart turns towards Christ, those who are not turned towards Christ, it'll be an easy method of separation. You don't have to be a jerk about, I can't be your friend because I've got to look at Jesus. But they will either be attracted to the presence of God, or it will, it will dissuade them from wanting to be around you. The presence of God is, a, is an easy divider. He desires for people to come together and to know him, but darkness cannot stand around light. And it may be a, a moment, a momentary time of separation between some this friendship, but it could draw them even further to into the arms of Jesus after they see. After they see, they heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. They will be able to praise God because of you, not because you're just so ever-loving awesome, but it's because you're following after Jesus. And that's the attractive thing. With your family. What's, what's the Lord revealing to you about your family? Immediate family, extended family? What's going on in those relationships that need to be reevaluated, maybe molded into something different. Maybe there needs to be forgiveness. Maybe there needs to, maybe you need to ask for forgiveness from them. Maybe you harm them in a specific way. We can't just play the victim card all the time feeling like we've, we've always been the ones that are being, uh, being harmed against. Many times if you've been hurt, then guess what? You're hurting people as well because you're sitting in a place of hurt. And so the, it's very rare that we're the only people who are guilty. Or that other people are guilty and we're always innocent. It's very, 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 very rare that that process is happening. Especially if we sit in that hurt. The longer you sit in the hurt, the more likely it is that you're going to end up hurting somebody else because you have been harmed. So do you need to offer forgiveness or do you need to ask for forgiveness of some people? And then personally, God, what do you want to do inside of me specifically this year? How do you want me to develop with you in our relationship? 
what do I need to cut out of my life that's taking precedent in the midst of this? Something that I want to do at the kind of at the, at the tail end, Mark's where we can end um, on 21 days is instead of just doing a 21 day fast, I, I don't feel like we're quite in a place where I'd like to do a, like a, an actual teaching over fasting and prayer um, before we walk into that. But something that I, I really want us to do is I want us to get into a place to where um, we do 21 days of communion with our families or with your household. If you live by yourself, then communion by yourself, call a friend while you're doing it. But 21 days straight of communion. And the beauty of reflecting and remembering the presence of God in the midst of your household, that it's not just at the church that the Holy Spirit's presence is, is evident, but it's in your house, it's with your family, it's in that place where you're most intimate with people. And in the process of taking communion, it always causes you to reflect back and to repent of the things that are going on. This could be a beautiful time starting the year off in repentance. Starting the year off realizing our inadequacy without God. And in doing so with friends or with family, you can do, I mean, you have like a random person coming to move, <laughs> move furniture into your house. And you're like, hey, I'm taking communion right now. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> Let's take communion together. Let's go. <laughs> um, but, but using that as a tool of witness so that whenever they see you, whenever they're in the midst of, of your presence, whenever you have your family there with you, it doesn't have to be some religious thing, but just read through scripture. Read through Paul's words as he describes the things that we have. Some of you guys are sick in your bodies because you have not gone through the process of repenting, truly repenting and reflecting on God's presence and then partaking of it with reverence. It's a good opportunity to talk about your day with those who you love. Things that you may, may, may have some second thoughts about that the Holy Spirit's revealing in your heart that you need to lay down at his feet before you partake of the bread and the, body, or the, bread and the cup. And so we're going to do that this month. We're going to do 21 days of partaking of communion. And I want this to be a challenge to us. That as we go through that this year, we're able to ask the Lord to do the three R's. Reveal, reflect, and rock. Lord, reveal my heart's desire. Reveal my heart's intention. The psalmist says, search me and know me. Search my heart. Reveal those things reflect in scripture this is going to take some time this is not going to be like a, like a five minute thing that you're done afterwards but take some time you don't have to do it all in one sitting but take moments if you can over each and every piece reveal my heart in the midst of it reflect on what scripture says when you reflect on scripture you're saying okay I know I'm not meeting the mark here I know this is what the Lord wants me to do so so in scripture, what does it actually say that I need to be doing and who I really am in Christ? Because in Christ, I'm a new creation. So I'm, I'm just acting like the old man in the midst of that circumstance. So as a new man, as a new woman, as a new person in the kingdom, how should I be reacting? And this is who I really am. So instead of thinking this way, I need to know this is who I am in Christ. And then now, what's my reaction? Knowing this information now, how do I react in the midst of that? So I want to take just a, a few moments. It's, it's five after 12. And I want you guys to start this process 
in your heart. Ask the Lord, what is the first thing that you want to reveal? Some of you guys may have had some things pop up throughout this message already. <laughs> You're like, the Lord's really, really, really like highlighting, big highlights. It's a huge headline. This is what I need to work on. My goodness, I know this for sure. Some of you guys, it may be something that you have to think about a little bit more. That's fine. Let's start that process right now. And if the Lord has revealed something in your heart already, then I want you to ask him what his expectation is of you in the midst of that. And if you already have some things popping up, then I want you to ask the Lord, what does my reaction need to be now in light of this situation? We're just going to take a few moments Reflect on these things. Again, reveal, reflect, react. If you can keep that up there, Mr. Cherry, that'd be wonderful so they can look back at that. Thank you, Jesus. Earlier last month, um, I was going to uh, one of my buddies, Brad Hale. I was going to his, uh, they had a, a jewelry store in town. Um, I was going over there to, to go say hey to, to some of them. I was on that side of town and was running a couple errands. And, and so I decided I was going to pull in just say hey real quick. It was, I think it was the first week of December, something like second week of December. I was right before we had our freshwater event. I was getting out of the car, opened the door. And I was, I usually like, I had my phone out and I go to put my phone in my pocket. When I went to put it in my pocket, it like, it got caught on my, my pants and kind of started falling out. So I, I was grabbing this car door. I went to close it. I was like, ah! I went to push it in. When I kind of re, uh, restructured my, my phone in my pocket, I pushed it in with my thumb and flared my, the rest of my hand out like this as I went. And when I did that, I slammed the door and I ended up slamming the car door right on my finger just right on the tip of my middle finger and it was right in the crease of the door where the window and the actual door itself so it had like a little point on the door too right bam slammed it my finger was in the door as the door shut and i was like whoa 
and I pulled it out real quick, and I did a couple laps around the car, going, woo, woo, woo. I, you know, you know when you don't know what to say, you know what what's going on. You're just like, I'm just in a lot of pain right now. I did that, and I was sitting there, and I'm. I, walk, I was hesitating on even walking into the store just because like, I had so much adrenaline <laughs> rushing in my body and just the amount of pain that was going off. It was like my finger felt like it was that big as it was throbbing. I walked in, walked into the store, and I'm sitting there talking to my buddy. And I mean, I'm having a conversation with him, but I don't remember a lot what we talked about. <laughs> you ever do that before? Like, he, you're having a co- you're talking, but you're like having an outer body experience or something like that. It's, it's. It, I, I can only just think in the in the forefront of my mind, my finger hurts. My finger hurts. Ooh, my finger hurts. This hurts bad. And so went through went through that night. Uh, just in in, a, in quite a bit of pain. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't do anything without having like an ice pack or some kind of cold anything. Just on the I mean, my finger was swelling up. It looked like I had a lollipop at the end of my finger. Uh, it was just gnarly. It just did not feel good. And, uh, I mean, I could tell a bunch of bruising. Like, it was, it was starting to turn colors. I mean, it was, the whole finger was looking purple. And I couldn't go to sleep that night without, like, that on my mind. I had just ice. I fell asleep with ice on my hand, and it would melt, and then almost feel like I wet the bed, and I had to move it off and then get another thing of ice and hold it on there, too, and then go back to sleep. The next day at work, it was just, just constantly throbbing. I could not do anything throughout that my work day. I was I kept telling my administrative assistant I was like I am worthless today because all I can think about is this stupid little finger and this throbbing pain that's going through it. I started texting a couple people. Uh, one of my uh, my my uh, my brother-in-law's girlfriend, she's really uh, really uh, she's a really good nurse. She's been a nurse for a long time over to St. Louis and so she's seen a bunch of stuff and so I texted her. I was like, "What do I need to do?" Do I need to saw it off? I will do it. I will remove this finger right now. That's fine with me. Whatever I need to do. And so she told me about uh, about this procedure that my brother-in-law did in heating up a, a paper clip and then letting it melt the nail and then relieving the pressure. I was like, I will do anything you tell me as long as I can have this just be done. So I had a Zoom meeting, got done with the Zoom meeting, and I went home. And I brought a paperclip home, and, and Danielle sat there with me. And we took that and heated it up to where it was just searing hot, red hot, and just and it melted through my fingernail. And then all of a sudden, the pressure was released. It was disgusting. But I have never felt so much satisfaction in my life <laughs> than when I did in that moment as all that pressure, all that buildup was removed. Why do I tell you this disgusting story? It is awesome, <laughs> says, says the nurse in the back. <laughs> I tell you this story because sometimes the smallest, what's the seemingly the small thing, I mean, the tip of this middle finger compared to the entirety of my body is so tiny, so little, seemingly so insignificant. I have, I have nine other fingers and ten toes, but this little bitty tip of my finger overwhelmed and overtook the entirety of my thought process. It took over the the verbiage that I would use. It took over the conversations that I would have. It took over my work ethic. It took over 
uh, every single thing that, that I took over my research, like I was researching stuff, I was on WebMD, I was on Wikipedia, I was on anything and everything they could tell me about how not to hurt with my finger. These little things in our lives that start to overtake and overwhelm us. You could feel and look completely healthy. Every other part of your body could be in complete progress, but you have one part of your life. And let me tell you what, that this, this little finger on this little nail, there's some nerves that are just connected to all parts of your body. Like, how do I feel this in my toe? How do I feel this on my kneecap? Like, I'm pressing here and, like, my leg hurts. How is, how is that a thing? We have certain things that has pressure buildup. And we need release. But we have to be willing to go through that process, ask questions of people who have experience, and then walk through that process. And let me tell you what, it didn't stop hurting after it was done, but I could actually stand with my arm down because that pressure wasn't so overwhelming. I, I was walking around the, enti the entire campus of the college, going to all my meetings, walking in like this, looking like I was getting ready to do the pledge because I was hurting so bad. They're like, you got to keep it above your heart. So I'm sitting there just like, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic. There are things that we need to be aware of that if we just let it keep on building up and just try to apply ice to it, it's not going to relieve the pressure. You have to be intentional about meeting it. You have to be intentional in that process. And so let the Holy Spirit reveal those things, reflect on what needs to be done, and then react. We took just a few brief moments earlier to do just a little bit of that analysis. But you need to get used to doing things between you and Jesus and not just when we're here. I don't always feel the need to do altar calls. Partly because I think that we need to get used to doing some things between you and Christ. There's a lot of reliance on having to come right here to solve problems. And this is a great place to come, get prayed for, good grief. There's some anointed people in this, in this place. They can pray for you and they can help walk you through deliverance and walk you through some things, but it's the walking out and the continuing that we need to be better at doing. You don't just get deliverance and then you walk away and you're good to go. I've talked about this before. We have to be willing to walk in obedience and choose Christ. It's not easy all the time. Sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes you feel such a freedom that it's just effortless. But there's other times where you're not going to have that effortless process. And you need to be intentional about choosing Christ. So what are these things? What are these areas? Look back at 2022. What was going on that the Lord was doing in the midst? Maybe some of the struggles that you went through that you feel were just terrible was actually God revealing some things in your heart that you need to get taken care of so that you can walk into the fullness of what you need to in 2023. Some of those awkward conversations, there's some good grief that you need to do right here, right now, and moving forward. What were the great things? Celebrate 
Celebrate and praise God for the things that you were able to triumph over and the things that he was able to do inside your life. Many of you guys had great milestone processes in 2022. Celebrate that. Remember that. Record that. Write that. Keep it in your remembrance. And praise the Lord for it. I'm going to end by reading those last couple verses from Galatians 1. Verse 22, he said, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Lord, help us be people that when people hear a report about us, they are able to praise you. Lord, that you will be the center of attention with the words that form from our lips, with the actions that we walk out in, within our friendships, our relationships. Father, reveal the things that need to be revealed in our hearts. Let us be diligent in reflecting on your word to know what you say about us and about these things. And if we can't find anything, then Lord, that we could seek out those who we trust to know what you say. And then let us be diligent in reacting. Keep us convicted in our reaction to what you have in store. We give you praise because you deserve it. We give you honor because you're worthy of it. You are so incredible. Thank you for your patience with us because we could be very stubborn at times and feel like we have a lot more answers instead of the questions that we need to have. So Lord, help us be full of questions. Be just like a little child and ask why a million times because you're fine with answering it. We give you praise in Jesus' name, I pray. Everybody said, amen. Bless you guys as you guys go out. Go have, have a great time with family, friends. Go eat with somebody. We'll see you guys Wednesday. And then for those of you guys who I don't see Wednesday, I'll see you guys the following week after that. Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>